All right, welcome everyone to another live episode of Free Basketball. I'm your host, Ryan Meadows. We are part of the Lead Sports Media. I am joined, as always, my co-host one, Mr. Cody Neverlate-Holsey. How are you, sir? I'm feeling good. Punctuality is, you know, my middle name. So, How, uh, so you go. finally got it uploaded? You, you're actually working? You can post all the GIFs and stuff? You feel fancy? Yeah, oh, I feel super fancy. We're very updated <laughs> over here. Up to, very up to date. Yeah. <laughs> the other co-host you might know more than Mr. Green Checkmark himself, Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir? You're welcome, people. You're welcome. I'm good, man. What is? What are you? What like? Why are you telling the people you're welcome for? The green checkmark means I'm important. Oh, okay. Gotcha. How'd you get am that, I, by the way? Am I not? I paid a guy. It was weird. Don't remind him because he'll he'll take it away. <laughs> I feel like there's more to the story that we probably should get into, but we'll leave it alone for now. Hey, um, I've today been, I've been day one for a while. <laughs> today we're going to hit um, three main topics. Uh, first topic we're going to discuss is going to be about some trade rumor stuff. I feel like the past week or two there has started been more. Um, I guess, you know, everybody on Twitter is a source, quote unquote, and just will generate things out of the air. But some of them are actually interesting because it starts a conversation, even though 90% of them are completely false. But they're fun to talk about regardless. So we're going to start with that first. Next, we're going to hit on the Utah Jazz and on this 10-game winning streak that they've been on, whether it's for real or not, what we think about them long term. So that will be a fun one, I think. And then we'll wrap this up, if time allows, which I assume we'll have plenty of time, with talking about the MVP race, who are our early front runners, and if it's something that can be continued throughout the season, or do we see someone making a late push here. So those are topics for today. Let's start with trade season by itself. Cody, I will start with you. Um, I don't know if when we talked off of this that we said just pick one trade that excites you the most or you're more interested by, but I'll just kind of give you the floor. Is there a trade out there that interests you at all? I mean, I would like for Bradley Beal to play on a team that is, like, playing for something. I don't know that the Wizards are going to, like, move him anytime soon, but it would be nice if they did. I'm glad you brought up Bill right away because that is the trade that I have. <laughs> Everything that we've seen the past couple of games with Bradley Beal, he's just hung his head on the bench as they're down 20 once again, and he's putting up 40 to 50 points. So I'm glad you right. brought Bradley Beal up right away. I don't know if this trade thing is just going to be all of us um, trying to figure out a good trade for Bradley Beal, um, but why would you think, before you get into your actual trade, if you have one specifically, why would you think the Wizards, why wouldn't the Wizards let go of him? Um, I, I really don't know. I don't know why that, because, well, I mean, really, he's like the main attraction of their team. He's the only thing that they have really going for them. I mean, I know they traded for Russell Westbrook, but they're the worst team in the league. So, yeah. So do you think it's kind of like a, like a, a loyalty thing because they traded his running partner for years and John Wall, or is it just because he's the only thing that gets attention to their team anyway? <laughs> well, I think he's the only thing that really gets attention to their team, but like he also like 
he also is the only thing they have that, I mean, not the only thing. He is the biggest thing they have that's worth a lot of stuff that would be worth like anything in a trade. So I think like he hasn't said, I only want to go to four teams. So like he still has like decent trade value. So I think for them, it's just like trying to find the right deal. Yeah. I think it would be awesome if he ended up like on, say, the Mavericks. Okay. Why the Mavericks? I don't know. I just think it'd be fun to have him play alongside Luka Doncic and give them another like scoring option. <laughs> I think what might get into because I have the specific trade that I like that's actually a one for one is oh. with the big wow. the big trades that we've had so far. You know, Harden. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, good grief! With uh, Drew Holiday, they've been everyone's gotten like four first round picks and swaps and a couple players. So, I mean, if you're talking something with Dallas as actually feasible, I don't even know if there is something feasible that Washington would be interested in. It seems like everybody wants a younger piece that could develop into something. So Washington's in a position where they're not just going to take a poo poo platter for Bradley Beal just because he's unhappy. Um, and he says it's, it's frustrating to lose. He likes to win. And he said he's committed to the team. So, yeah, he hasn't put it out there on Front Street that he wants to be traded. But if some team is going to actually talk about it, it's going to have to be would, – would you say it's equivalent to, like, the James Harden thing or to what Drew Holiday got? Or do you think the Wizards are going to be even – try to hoard picks and players even more? I definitely don't think, like, Bradley Beal is James Harden. So I don't think that, like, he'll it'll be, like, that level of – whatever not that that trade was like even but like i don't think they'll have to like i don't think whoever gets him will have to like empty the pantry for him or anything like that but um i definitely think like it has to be like a good player because you know you said bradley beal like likes winning but but really like since he's been in the league like he hasn't won a whole lot so there's not like a proven track record of winning not that like he's had a whole lot of help but um yeah i don't i don't I just, like, I can't think of, like, a great, like, one-to-one trade for him like you have or anything like that. I was just looking at a bunch of different stuff and trying to think of, like, what teams I like him on. Mm. Daniel, I'll bring you in now. Do you have a specific trade out there that you like? I'm sure you've got some Grizzlies poo-poo platter that is not even feasible. Um, Or I can go and give you my one-to-one and talk about that. Well, I'm glad you asked about my poo-poo platter because I do have one, that is for sure. Um, I would definitely see the Grizzlies packaging somebody like Gorgie Jang uh, one-for-one with a guy like Bradley Bill. I think that's all you need, right? (laughs) The money works, right? Is that good? That that, that, that works. Um, No, but okay, so I do have two. Uh, for Bradley Bill. One that I think is a legit one that people have shamed me for in my life, either personally or uh, socially on social media. media. But Gorky Jang, Dylan Brooks, Jonte Porter, and then three first-round picks for Bradley Bill to the Grizzlies. Yes, no, am I an idiot? I'm going to go with option C because why in the world would the Wizards do that? You get three first-round picks. What are they getting back? And then... What are you getting back in return? Because the three first-round picks, if you're just adding Bradley Beal to John, Triple J, and Jonas, 
like it's reasonable to assume that the Grizzlies are going to be in the playoffs, right? So those picks aren't going to be very good high-value picks. It depends on where they are, though. Yeah, you have uh, 20, 21 first-round pick from Utah, which is probably not pretty good. Uh, a, 20, <laughs> a 2024 pick from Golden State, which could be without Seth. Or, I'm sorry, not Seth, but Steph. Uh, and then the Grizzlies, 2022 uh, first-round pick. So I get that one. I don't know. I, I'm just – is there anybody, if you had to – because you've got to include Gorgie just because of the money. Dylan Brooks just because he sucks. And you want to get him off your roster. Uh, <laughs> You're really selling you, it. Yeah. If you added Brandon Clark in that, do you think that because you have the shooting guard and then you have the a forward of the future to put next to Rui, uh, both uh, two Gonzaga guys, do you think that is a decent pullback or do you think they're looking for one good player in picks? Well, I think if they're looking for one good player in picks – Someone that something that I think would be a pretty even swap. You tell me if you think this is right or not, Daniel. Would just be Grayson Allen for Bradley Beal. Yes, yeah, I thought Grayson <laughs> would bring too much, too much to that trade. Um, all right, so I do have, a, I do have another one. Too high, right? I have another one that's not Grizz related. Uh, this is actually our rival, weirdly enough. All right, so the Pelicans uh, with the Wizards uh, for for Bradley Beal. But you had the uh, the Pelicans giving up two key pieces in Stephen Adams and Brandon Ingram. Okay, you trade them to the Wizards, and you would get back Bradley Biller, Biller, Bradley Bill, and Fillers, and your Fillers would be on a one year deal. Robin Lopez, uh, Ish Smith, but then you would grab Rui Achimura and Troy Bound Jr., who are actually in long term deals. So. I know that you're getting Steven Adams, which can help you alongside Russell Westbrook. They played together for a long time. And then Brandon Ingram can kind of be uh, another scorer. That's not a bad trio for the East. So I know you're you're kind of having to throw guys in. You do lose Rui, but is that something that actually makes sense? Because you're getting a, a young 23-year-old superstar in Brandon Ingram. Now, now you're you're speaking my language because this is feasible to me. This is feasible to me, um, especially if you're including Brandon Ingram. And uh, now the, the Pelicans thing is kind of weird because now it's what Lonzo, Beal, Zion. Uh, are you starting Jackson Hayes now? Are you starting Rui? Um, no, that's kind of a weird one for the Pelicans. Oh, Lopez is one of your fillers. Yeah. What? How do the Pelicans so get just five getting, players back for two? I guess because of the money. <laughs> money has yeah. to work. I was adding people. <laughs> sorry, but the roster has to work. Yeah, you get rid of some people <laughs> that, that don't play. See ya. Does the Pelicans or Wizards rosters work right now? No, I just yeah. mean like number of players, like. I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, I just like let like some people go, <laughs> buy some people out, but. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that, they, they that could buy Lopez out. That one's uh, more interesting to me, Daniel, because I think it's going to have to be a player for a player. Um, right. And and so here's here's my player for a player that I think <laughs> I think both teams would be interested by, 
And that is Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal straight up. Does nothing else. No. Who's the point Why guard not? for the who's the point guard of the Nuggets? Anybody? That is correct. <laughs> Why I, is that your issue? The point guard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't Why like would it. you not want to do that swap? Bradley Beal is way more consistent than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is probably the best the Wizards could do if they were to make a deal to get a return on a four- or five-year younger player who has potential star power like Bradley Beal. You're not good right now anyways. Beal's about to enter his prime, so you're getting a younger version of Beal who's on that trajectory anyways. It's kind of like a mini reset, like kind of running the clock back a couple years with Murray, and you're kind of gambling on him turning into the consistent every night score. So they're both dynamic scores and the nuggets, you are getting a more consistent scoring piece in Bradley Beal. But why that's not the, interesting at all. No, not at all. What? what? Why would the, why would the, but why, my question is like, well, why would the wizards do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't the Wizards do that? I just gave you all the reasons. Well, you just because. said he's like a younger, less consistent version of Bradley Beal. Like, you already right. have the consistent version of Bradley Beal. Just keep Bradley Beal. Under contract. Isn't isn't this, if, if you were to move, if Bradley Beal came out tomorrow and said, look, I can't do it anymore. I said I was committed, but it's just too much. I'm tired of losing, losing by 20 every game and, you know, averaging 36 minutes a game, almost 35 points a game. Um, I want to go to an actual winner again. Get me out of here. Is that okay. not your best option if you're the Wizards? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to have some picks back somewhere. The Wizards would like some picks back? Yes. Why not? Okay. Especially so in that, especially that Jamal in Murray trade. and Beal is not a – Fair one to one trade. The the no. the uh, Nuggets would no. have to offer something as well. Yeah, yeah. I need some. If, I need some picks with potential, and I need a, a decent young player. He doesn't have because because honestly, if I put up Bradley Bill and Jamal Murray next to each other, I want Bradley Bill. Just being honest. So if you're giving right. me one for one, cool. All right. You, I, so I'm getting screwed here. I'm getting screwed. No lube. No nothing. That's just me by myself hanging out. <laughs> No, no currency lick? Yeah, nothing. I get nothing here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hanging out. So would you say it's mostly picks, like a draft compensation if they were to make that deal? Or would the Wizards take a player like, uh, I don't know, I know he's older, but Will Barton. Um, hold on. I hold don't on, know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Garrett, who is probably much smarter than me, he look, his, his profile pick looks much better than mine. He says, wouldn't it be more tempting to grab Michael Porter Jr., who loves Donald Trump, and some pieces plus picks? Like, <laughs> isn't that a good, a better trade? I like that. It's much better because then you have Michael Porter Jr. and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, you're keeping him. Unless you, unless you get rid of Westbrook five minutes before you get rid of Bill, you're literally, you know, you're keeping Westbrook because nobody is going to just, you know, knock down the door to try to take Russell Westbrook and his contract from you the way he's playing. So I like, I like Westbrook and, uh, and Michael Porter Jr. playing together. Would you agree with that, Cody? Would you be more enticed if you're the Wizards and Michael Porter Jr. instead of Jamal Murray? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I still need other stuff, but yeah, I think so. Okay. Because like with, yeah, I have, I have another idea too. I don't know if this, if this makes sense or if it works, but I think that this is at least interesting. You could go, the Kings are involved now. Ooh. Because if you, and this is if you like really believe in Tyrese Halliburton as like a starting point guard. If you really believe in Tyrese Halliburton and you don't believe in Marvin Bagley, you could throw, well, I don't think the contracts would work, but De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley for uh, Bradley Beal, I think might be interesting for the Wizards. And All right. I, I don't Daniel, know. would that interest you? It does. I'm trying to see if it works. I'm trying to find Sacramento on my uh, NBA swap app. They, uh, they're so bad, they don't even show up on here. There we are. I, I can't remember uh, if Fox's deal kicked in this year or next. So, so I'm not Fox, sure if it's... Yeah, I don't think it's kicked in just yet. Uh, it's kicking in next year because he's only going to pay $8 million this year. Mm, which, so yeah, in, in the end, it, it works, but it just doesn't work for this season, which sucks. Uh, so before yeah. we move on, Ooh. if we were to actual guess, would you or per, try to predict... Would you say the Wizards try to hold on to Beal no matter what? Or do you think there could be some actual legs to this? They're kind of talking, you know, behind closed doors, seeing what what is out there for him. I think he gets traded no matter what. Would you say that happens this season or an off season? I think it happens this season uh, because there's a lot of teams, because of the way the season looks, L.A. is good, don't get me wrong, uh, or the Lakers are good, uh, even the Clippers. But there's so many teams that feel like they can win. Uh, you know, Lakers just got beat by, I think it was like 15, by the Pistons tonight. Like, these teams, there's no team out there that just looks amazing, that just is, uh, you know, two guys that are just dominating or three guys that are dominating – even the Nets look like you can score, you know, 120 on them. You just can't give up 121 or more. Like, that's – I think this season is a weird season, and I think a lot of teams are going to go all in because of this small window that they're hoping they grab, plus uh, LeBron's aging. So I think people are fiending for that chance that LeBron, you know, gets a little, is getting a little bit older and maybe that, that window is starting to open uh, com- uh, compared to the past where it just seems like the window is just so small. So I wouldn't doubt if some teams uh, kind of take that chance. I wouldn't even doubt if he goes mm. to the Golden State Warriors. I don't know. Mm. Weird. So it's Wiggins. really a wild card Be- because it does it does feel like teams are kind of unhappy a lot with their rosters. <laughs> so they're just right. starting to make all these – Maybe periphery moves, but we've seen a couple big moves. I don't know if that's kind of standard for an NBA season, but um, it just feels like it's a higher frequency than normal because we probably we had such a truncated off season. So uh, it, I, I'm kind of interested. I feel like they try to hold on to Beal for as long as they can, um, but I think that's uh, I feel like that run with the Wizards is coming to an end soon, and I would not be surprised. So I agree with you, Daniel. I think he'll be traded by the end of it. Um, Bringing up um, awesome teams, at least to start the season, let's switch now to the Utah Jazz and their 10-game winning streak. They started the season 4-4, and ripped off the last 10. 
Um, Daniel, have you been not just shocked or surprised by the run, but do you think that this 10-game win, win streak is legitimate for the Jazz? Yes. Do I need to say more? <laughs> well, let me, let me run through the 10-game win streak, okay? Game one, right. they beat them to start the win streak. They came off a loss to the Knicks. They lost by 12. That's a game I actually bet on. Um, I, I remember it very fondly uh, because the Jazz were up by like 13 or 15 at half, and they lost by 12, so riddle me that. Um, but whatever you can do to screw my wallet, it's fine. Then uh, here's the start of the winning streak. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Pistons, the Cavaliers, the Hawks, the Nuggets in a close game, the Pelicans back-to-back, the Warriors, the Knicks, and they just beat the Mavs, and they play the Mavs tomorrow. Still believe it's a legitimate win streak. 100%. The, uh, as I stated back on this podcast a long time ago, I said that those Detroit Pistons were going to be a little frisky, and they're frisky. They just beat up the on Detroit the, uh, Pistons. <laughs> the Detroit Pistons just beat up on the Lakers tonight. So that, like, those are all good wins. Like, I don't know if there's any wins on that list that you see and say, "Oh my God!" Like, there's just an uh, just kind of cakewalk. And so I think that this team is legit. Mike Conley should be an NBA All Star this year for the first time ever. And so, shout out to him for literally having a piss-poor season last year. It was weird. New team from Memphis. Uh, and so, this is the kind of the real first full year that he's had. And he's looked like an all-star. Um, he's kind of making uh, 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 Mitchell being a better player. And so, I, I just – I think this is a legit team and Gobert playing out of his mind, especially last game. Um, he, he played so good. I think he was 29-20 and 20 was his stat line. Dude, I hate Gobert, and I think he's overrated. But if he's going to put up stats like that, then he'll shut me up real quick because that is crazy stat line that he put up. Yeah, it, everyone was saying, oh, losing Bogdanovich was a huge deal for them. And, yeah, like he's a good player. Um, he's a little bit older now, but I didn't think he would be that much of a difference, but obviously he makes a huge difference for that team. Um, just his shooting and the way he can space the floor, he can create for them too. I mean, you look at his numbers and they look pedestrian, but a lot of players, you know, have pedestrian numbers, but have huge impacts. And Bogdanovich seems to be having a huge impact. Jordan Clarkson is making his run as, Six man of the year, um, averaging almost 18 points, and he's just been a spark plug off the bench for them. Cody, I'll ask you the same question that I asked Daniel. Is this a legitimate run, and do you think the Jazz are for real through the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, I do. I think it is, and I do think that it's legitimate. Like, they play, like, good team basketball. Like, they have, like, they have all the pieces. Like, they have Mike Conley, great, like, good, like, traditional point guard. Um, they have Rudy Gobert, who can, you know, obviously play defense, and Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell. Like they have a, they have a good team. Like they have like real basketball players on the team: Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors. Like, um, those guys are basketball players, and they're smart, and they know what to do with the ball. So, um, 
yeah, I think this is a good team, and I think they're going to carry that moment, this momentum. Like, they probably won't be this good all year, but I think they'll carry this momentum like through the season for sure. Okay, now I'm going to kind of, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I just want to get um, your opinions. But how much of this kind of like they started out, you know, four and four, so it wasn't like they were or two and two, so they weren't exactly lighting it up. But mm-hmm. how much do you think uh, is important to this early season success for NBA teams is continuity? Um, because they basically the same exact roster from last year. I know they added Derek Favors um, in free agency, but they've kind of been a team that has avoided the injury bug. And a lot of the top teams that you know are, have some of the better records in the NBA seem to be teams that have not been overly affected by games being postponed. I think they've had one, um, but they haven't really had any injuries. So how much of the run do you think is actually the continuity of everyone being healthy? Or do you think it's truly just another year of Donovan Mitchell? They're just together. Mike Conley's playing good basketball again. I don't know what else to ask you besides that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, continuity definitely has something to do with it. Like, I mean, injuries, you know, definitely helps out when you don't have injuries and things like that to be able to keep your players on the court and chemistry is a big thing in basketball specifically you know it's ultimate like team sport so um definitely having everybody together all the time is very helpful injuries could very easily derail this daniel do you agree with that that it's just continuity or it's just truly a really good team that's finally putting together I think it's a solid team that, if you look at chemistry-wise, they've been together for a while. Um, this is a, I think they're a legit team. Now, don't get me wrong, they're they're not a favorite to win uh, the championship at all, uh, just because in the end, the the playoffs come down to usually two players kind of taking over, and, and a lot of people, you know, you want to look at LeBron and AD. I would take LeBron and AD over, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert or even Mike Conley added into that. I just think that this team is really good, and they're almost like a regular season team, where even if Donovan Mitchell's out, you still have Mike Conley, who is so underrated. It's it's crazy. Him and uh, Rudy Gobert playing together. So I, I think this team is very deep, and, and they're very good, but I, I just don't know if they're just more of a regular season team than an actual um, a playoff team, because in the end, you 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 can actually stop uh, Donovan Mitchell compared to stopping LeBron James, and I just think that's just that's in the end in a seven game series. I'll take LeBron James over Donovan Mitchell any day of the week. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, slowing Donovan Mitchell down because it feels like that's the problem with the Jazz in the playoffs. We know naturally the game slows down anyways. And if Donovan Mitchell is really your only one that can go out and get a consistent basket and your next two in line are, what, Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich? Um, I know Mike Conley is getting up there. We're big fans of Mike Conley, we know, but it's not like this guy can go out and get you a bucket anymore. Like he's kind of picking his spots off of what everyone else is doing. So is that kind of what you project for them in the playoffs that, yeah, they could be a great regular season team, but as soon as we get in the playoffs and it slows down the holes on not necessarily the creativeness on offense, because I think they are a good offensive team, but the individual 
go get me a basket type players are not there for them to be considered a deep run playoff team. Yeah, they're the old man basketball team. They are very much, you know, they have the fundamentals. They have the the big guy who doesn't shoot outside, who's going to just grab rebounds and hopefully put backs. And he's the rim runner. But Mike Conley is the old man, you know, a point guard who's not going to talk much. He's going to go out and get his 20. And and he's going to be a solid player. But if you had that freak athlete that's there, he's they're going to better shut them down a lot a lot better. I just don't love this team as a playoff team. I just think that they're 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 Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench and giving them a little spark is good. But in the end, I I would rather have a better superstar or two superstars together than you know what they actually have as a good team unit. They could get hot as they like. If, if you're playing the playoffs right now, and they were actually going into the playoffs right now, they look really good. And I would even possibly take them to win a matchup that they normally wouldn't win, which is against um, the, maybe the Clippers or you know I, I don't know who else is up there right now. The, the season's so new, but the Phoenix Suns or something like that. I would take them against them, but. But even against the Lakers, you know, or even the Clippers, I just think those two guys are just so tough to compete against. Uh, I just think it's it's tough in the playoff series, uh, in a five or even a seven game series. Cody, before we move on to our last topic, I want to kind of give Danny can also join in on this too. Um, we see a team do this um, every year early. They kind of figure everything out as a team unit. They go on an early run, and we're like, oh, look at this team. And then basically they have their run too early, right? Everyone's kind of watching to see who's the team that puts it all together at the right time towards the end of the season. Is this that run for the Jazz where we'll look back in May and be like, oh, yeah, remember when they ripped off 15 straight wins um, and now they're down 3-1 in the first round of the playoffs? Um, or do you think this is just like we've been talking about for it feels like 20 minutes now, the continuity, they're for real, and they'll be there at the end as a high seed regardless? I think they'll be there at the end as a high seed. Like, I think last year they were in one of – I mean, bubble playoffs were a little bit different, but they, like, you know, were in one of the best playoff series that, like, we've probably had in a long time. Um with the Nuggets, that was pretty exciting every night. So I think, you know, the ball bounces a little bit differently, you know, in just a couple of those overtime games. And they're uh, – or in one of those overtime games and they're, you know, into the next round of the playoffs. I think that the Jazz will be there. I think the Jazz will be probably – unless they match up with, like, the Lakers or as much as I hate to say it, the Clippers at the uh, – in the first round of the playoffs, I think they'll probably make it through. Okay, well, let's move on to our final topic. Early MVP candidates here. Um, Daniel, I'll start with you because I just let Cody give the final word on the Jazz. Who is your early MVP pick frontrunner? That's smart you let me go first because I'm a genius. But or I would say... Always, always got to give... <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me, you were going to say... Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say I was going to give you preferential... I'm going to give you preferential achievement for the green check mark. Yeah, well, I am check marked, so I would say that <laughs> it is Joe L. Embiid. 
He is the Eastern Conference MVP, and he's also going to lead his team to the Eastern Conference Championship, knocking out a guy that is Giannis Antetokounmpo and easily win the East this year, and they are going to win for Daryl Morey the NBA championship. You heard They will easily win the East. I can quote you on that. Daniel? Sorry, my, uh, my whole thing froze for a second. I was trying <laughs> to push the button. Uh, yes, they're going to easily win the East. I was talking to myself the whole time, guys. Sorry. You seem to do that Easily a lot. Win the East. Uh, yeah, sorry. Cody, would you agree with that with Joel Embiid being MVP frontrunner, or do you have another guy? I mean, I think it's between Embiid and LeBron. Ooh, okay. Give your case for I LeBron. Mean, LeBron is 36 years old, is the leading scorer on his team, and is the second leading rebounder on his team, and also is the leader in assists on his team. And did I mention he is 36 years old? <laughs> Only just to put that in comparison, <laughs> just to put that in comparison, another person who is 36 years old on the same team, Marc Gasol, averages, I mean, obviously doesn't play the same amount of minutes, but is the same age and plays half the minutes and scores, I don't know, not even half he the scored, minutes and scores. He, he scored scores, zero tonight, zero. Well, he scores 20% of the points that LeBron does. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> and he plays 19 minutes a game and LeBron plays 33. So, so what is Just, a feasible. I guess what I should ask Daniel. Daniel, I'll go back to you here with Embiid. What is a feasible route for him to be. I know everybody's talked to him as the MVP early favorite. Um, but what is a feasible road? Does he still have to continue? to average 27 points, 11 rebounds, um, and the 76ers be a top one or two seed in the East to actually be considered? Or is it just uh, – what would be – what would you look for for him to actually continue this on? Does it just have to be the amount of games? Does he have to play 70-something games? No. No, I, I think it's I think it's the numbers that he's putting up now, plus uh, kind of setting himself apart – as the as the 76ers being the number one team in the East, um, and I think uh, somebody just put the yeah Maxwell, who is a pure genius and much smarter than I am. Uh, LeBron and AD will cancel each other out. I don't think AD is having the season that um, that he's had in the past. Now it could be a slow start. Um, usually, you know, his stats will always come back to normal because he's such a good player. But they will potentially cancel each other out. And I don't think that this Lakers team really cares that much due to the home court advantage not being really that big of a factor uh, with no fans. I don't think they really care that much about there actually being a home court advantage. And so I think half halfway through the season, you'll see LeBron just kind of take a step back and take some games off a little bit more than he already has. Um, and so I think that is where you're going to set yourself apart being either a Jokic who could step up, but their team is not playing well. Uh, that's why I would put uh, my money, my hard-earned money, my wife, that'll uh, if she'll allow me, to put on uh, Joel Embiid. 
I'm glad you brought up Jokic because he's my early season MVP candidate. Um, 25 points, almost 12 rebounds. His assists were like 11 or 12, but he's regressed down to around nine, shooting almost 60% effective field goal. Um, and he's basically carrying a team that is very inconsistent, and he is very consistently and very slowly, literally slow is how he plays, shouldering this team to like an 11-7 and seven record. And I know it's like not a great record, uh, but he's literally shouldering them to those 11 wins. And if the rest of the team comes on and gets through whatever funk this is they're going through, I think the Nuggets will be there as a top seed again. The problem I think that Jokic has is actually the narrative, right? Because he just doesn't fit a typical MVP um, that we've used to in the past, right? Back-to-back in Giannis, he's just so physically overpowering. Nobody can stop him. Like, he's truly a freak of nature. He's definitely an MVP. LeBron went in the past. Steph Curry changing the way the youth plays basketball with the way he shoots. Everybody wants to shoot now. Um, KD, just talented scorer. So the narrative, I think, is what hurts Jokic and probably holds him back. That's the thing I kind of want to talk about next is the actual narrative of MVP. Um, Because if you were just choosing between the three of our picks here, LeBron's narrative is the best, right? Because he's 36. He just come off a championship, turned right back around in 70 days, and is putting up these kind of numbers, like you said, one in points, first in rebounds, first in assists, or whatever it is. Um, so his, a lot of MVP stuff is truly just narrative. And is that what you would say LeBron has going for him, is not only the numbers he's putting up at his age, but the actual narrative. That gives him a leg up from... Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Somebody swaddle that baby. Uh, yeah, so I think he'll get. <laughs> I think he'll get more uh, of the. I guess the community, the NBA fan base, um, he'll get the respect vote because of his age and what he's doing. Because you haven't, we've never seen this. Okay. He is putting up top-level MVP stats at the, the age of 36. And I think that he could easily, if I had a top two, I would say it's Embiid and easily LeBron because LeBron is so good. And I just think that he's, in the end, he is the best player in the league still at the age of 36. So I could see that um, easily being, you know, him – just garnering the vote of the fan base and, and even the people around saying, hey, we've never seen this. And and in the end, he gets that extra vote and he doesn't cancel himself out from AD. But I don't know. I, I just know, I know Jokic is putting up great numbers, but their team is just not playing well. And the year that he's playing out of his mind, they're not playing as well. Cause, because last year, he didn't put up these same numbers, and they were top three in the in the West. So I don't know if that's taking away because usually it, that's not how it works. You know, usually if you're playing better, your team's playing better. But for some reason, their team as a whole is just not playing as well this year. So I think that's what actually is hurting Jokic. So history with MVPs tells us that things are up against Embiid and Jokic for sure, right? If someone else that doesn't come on, that's – 
a guard. Um, it, it's very hard for centers, pure centers, to win MVP. So, Cody, is that the biggest reason why you would say LeBron is the front runner? Is because Embiid and Jokic are more traditional centers. I know they shoot from outside. Jokic is otherworldly with his passing, but they're they're pure fives, and that had just hasn't doesn't have a great track record. So is that right. also a reason why LeBron would be for you? Well, I would definitely say that uh, I would definitely say like with Embiid, like I think the narrative has more to do with like the MVP than. I mean, obviously you have to play well and stuff like that. But I do think the narrative surrounding the players has something to do with it. That's how you end up with, like, Russell Westbrook as, like, the MVP because Kevin Durant leaves Oklahoma City. He puts up a triple-double every night, whatever. And that's how we end up with that. Um, But, like, yeah, what you're saying with the centers, like, I think Embiid has a better chance against LeBron to win MVP um, just because, like, the story with Embiid has always been that, like, he doesn't really work hard. You know, he kind of floats in and out of the season for times. He's not in shape, this and that and the other. And, like, he really does seem like he's on a mission, like, this year. Um, and, like, that is a good story, too. But I also th- – I just think, like, with LeBron, what he's doing, like, if the Sixers stay with where they're at with the, in the East, which it looks like they're going to, they're really good, um, then, yeah. I definitely think that, like, Embiid could win the MVP. I think it's going to be close between him and LeBron, but I still think it's LeBron in my head just because of, like, what he's doing at his age. It's unbelievable. Well, real quick, just to remind everybody, we are here every uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Tonight we were at 9 o'clock, uh, just kind of a, a weird night. Ryan, some he's still coaching, and so COVID is getting the best of uh, him and his team. So they're having to change around and play different games at weird times. So that's why we're here at the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, but we're presented by the lead sports media. Uh, we're roughly at 50, 50 minutes in, uh, but we're going to keep going as long as everybody's here. Uh, but Maxwell brought you up, up here. Um, what, what? Yeah, real quick, I just wanted to say that the trend seems to be for the MVP, it's either, you know, record-breaking stats, which is what what's your – what Westbrook had that year, you know, as much as the narrative was there, it was, it was, I think it was more about the stats. It's either that or to you're the best player, you're the best player on the best team. Um, so I think that, uh, and, and that could be the best team in the NBA or best team in the conference. Usually it's the best team in the NBA though. That's, that's usually, that's, that's how we've gotten Giannis in the, in the past couple of years. Cause the Bucks usually are the best either in the East or in the NBA record-wise. Um, and, and Giannis puts up insane numbers. But I think um, Embiid's path to win it would be that the 76ers are, you know, the number one seed, possibly the best record in the NBA. And, you know, Embiid continues the pace that he's on where he's the best player all year. Um, the narrative um, is, is great for LeBron, but we've been saying the same thing every year for LeBron for years, and he hasn't won it. Um, not saying that he he can't because I think that vote, people are starting to talk about you know it's been a while since LeBron's won and you know he's probably deserved it so that's I think that's that's a possibility he's definitely like going to be in the conversation of course that's always the conversation with LeBron um, but I think that's the path for Embiid and then Jokic I, I think if you as a big average triple double um, that's that is going to impress a lot of folks and if the Jazz are 
a top four team in, in the West or something like that, I think that could be enough. Um, it, it, depending on how um, LeBron and Embiid do, um, but I, I just wanted to throw, those, throw that in there and and uh, and, and I, I, me personally, I'm not like I don't have a, a vote a, a pick yet um, for who I think goes, but I just wanted to kind of um, add my two cents in from from that perspective of the the current choices. Well, let Maxwell. let me ask you on the piggyback of that. Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Sorry, I was going to say Maxwell. I want your pick. I, I don't need no. I need you to make a pick. Who's winning the MVP this year? Oh, if you're if you're asking me, you're asking me who's winning the MVP, I think it's going to be LeBron. All right, all right. I'm, I just wrote that down in my book. I will not forget. Ryan, yeah, uh, that's actually what I was going to ask Maxwell is before Daniel did it, just in a much more rude tone. Um, was, if, if Neil's fine, it's all good. If I love he Daniel. had the choice. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it, that's why I was going to ask you, Maxwell, if, if if you had your choice of three, if everything stayed the pat all the way through, the Nuggets were, you know, obviously in the middle, uh, middle of the pack, four or five seed in the West, um, and Jokic put up those numbers and beat the same thing. Seven Sixers bit top. Lakers stay in the one seed. LeBron stays the same. Your favorite would still be LeBron oh, if everything stays. The see, same. that's a different question. What 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 I think is going to happen is LeBron will win. What I that's and what I if, if you said oh everything's going to be the same the entire season, um, then I think Embiid is going to win because you know again it's it's a it's a it's a new face to big. It's a guy that. You know, was the best player in, in the Seventy Sixers would have the better record, so it, I think it would go to him if that if that's the case if we're in that scenario. But what I, what I think is going to happen is LeBron's probably going to win because I I kind of trust that he'll have you know continually have a great season all season, and the Lakers will be at the top of the uh, of the West. Awesome, yeah, I, that's what I'm just curious of because Daniel's you made Daniel feel really good right now for his five dollar bet he has on the Seventy Sixers, so. He cannot wait to cash that nine sixty. It was seven dollars and fifty four cents. That's all I had left. Oh, my bad. What was that payout? Fourteen twenty five. Yeah, it was double. That was good. <laughs> Two to one. <laughs> Cody, do you want to add anything to this? Thanks, Maxwell, for coming up here, man. Um, we we love when people come up and talk with us because. Um, Honestly, we get kind of tired of talking to each other. Really, um, that's, <laughs> no problem. That's why mm-hmm. we like having. That's why we like having Cody up here because he's the wild card that we can make fun of. <laughs> Cody, do you want to add anything to this? Uh, I don't really have anything to add other than Maxwell seems like a really just smart person who thinks that LeBron is going to win the MVP. So I just want to <laughs> say congratulations on your giant brain and your. You know what? And, you I'm know. a lot. I'm a lot dumber than you guys give me credit for, but I, I appreciate it and I love. I love being up here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I just don't want to find out after this that Cody paid someone to get on here to just reinforce what he said. So. Um, but uh, no, yeah, no, thanks for coming up here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have enough money to do that. I wouldn't be able to pay someone. <laughs> no problem. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Uh, uh, the the only kind of thing I want to mention with the precedent with the MVP, um, LeBron's last time he won it was 2012, 2013. So that would be an interesting story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sorry if you can hear my daughter in the background. Um, the last kind of traditional center. That won the MVP 
If you had to guess, Cody, who would it be? It was Shaquille O'Neal in 2000. Shaquille O'Neal won in 2000. Um, I don't know if you consider Tim Duncan more a traditional center, but he won it back-to-back years in 2001, 2002, 2002, 2003. Hold on. I'm looking to see if Tim Duncan is classified as a power forward or a center on basketball reference. That's that's going to make it for you. Yeah, I know. It'll make a difference. Well, don't don't <laughs> run over your data looking for it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, on my, I'm on my computer, man. I got a computer. We're gonna need you going, to. Bro. We're gonna need you to show up next week. Dude, so make sure you download years, the app before the the years that he won. He is listed as a power forward because I believe David Robinson was still with the uh, with the Spurs. No, the Admiral? No, no, I don't know. But he is listed as a power forward those years that he won. Uh, I'll give you Shaq five. All right, so he switches to center in 2006. Well, that's because he got old and he had all these memes about his open mouth all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I brought Sean up here because Sean is in the comments talking about Jokic as the MVP, and I know that's that's the key to your heart, Ryan. So, Sean, you have the floor. Why do you think that Jokic will win the MVP this year? All right, so. Uh, Cody, Ron, hello, um, Daniel. You you know that mute, the mute status that you have right now. You know that you can keep that on for the rest of the show. Get out of here. Um, anywho, uh, like but uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, when it when it comes to think of the teams, and so when it comes to it, when it comes to Denver being right now the four seed in the West, and you've got the Lakers, you've got Utah, you've got. Um, uh, the uh, Clippers, and you've got the teams out in the East. Everybody, Utah has Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gobert. They kind of cancel each other out to where anybody's stepping up. But of those seven teams right there, seven or eight teams, none of those teams have one player who is legitimately producing it all, like Jokic is. I know that Embiid is is playing very well. I can see an argument for him, but I do think that as the season goes along, he's going to play a bit less. But when it comes to that Nuggets offense, which is the strength of their team, playing to the level that it is, for it to be a top four placement in the West, Jokic is the answer. Because there is no one player who is singularly responsible for a top four team in his respective conference right now than Nikola Jokic. Ryan, the floor is yours. Is that music to your ear? <laughs> well, it's just nice to know that there's other people that watch basketball correctly besides me. Um, so thanks, Sean, for reinforcing, reinforcing that point. That point. <laughs> no, I actually kind of want to ask Sean his opinion on this because – um, obviously, off the top of my head, I just can't run through all the top point guards. Um, but, yes, Embiid is like a point center, really, is what he is. But to me, he's one of the best. Like, you could just label him as a point guard to me. He just runs the offense. He's one of the best just general ball distributors the game has, right? Would you put him as a top three just he, passer the- slash creator of offense? He's the most consistent elite playmaker. Daniel, suck it. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, 
So I had who, Sean. Who was who your MVP pick? My MVP pick is the winner, Joel Embiid. Because okay. He, Let's debate, bud. All right, we will. <laughs> I don't have stats. Listen. So Sean, Sean is much smarter than me, as are most humans. But Sean was on our podcast this week, um, the Grizzlies edition of the Free Basketball Podcast. And thank you again, Sean, for hanging out with us. Uh, we probably broke records. I haven't looked at them. Who knows? But there's probably records shattered. But I just think that Joel Embiid is, a, as a whole, I think they will be a better a better team as the 76ers in the East record-wise than, than the Denver Nuggets will be in the West. There is no difference in the West and East anymore. I, I think the East has finally caught up to the West. So I do believe that records are kind of thrown out except for the fact you look at once a one seed and once maybe a four or five. I just think you look at those as well. And I think that's important to, you know, the MVP race now. And so I, I think that's why Joel Embiid ends up winning it this year. The reason why I have a bit of an issue with that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I haven't, I've always had an issue with the MVP award because if you're talking about most valuable player and you're talking about, you know, the 76ers and the Nuggets, what being within two or three games of each other, well, when you compare those two, Ben Simmons stands out as probably the most consistent third player over Jamal Murray. Um, and, and especially if the 76ers were to trade for someone or if Denver was. But I just think that when it comes to the support of Simmons, the fact that Embiid probably will sit out some stretches you know, with his injury proneness, and I think that Philadelphia is more likely to make a move than Denver is, I think that Jokic is more responsible for Denver's success than Embiid is on a consistent basis, though Embiid plays better defense. So I think that in the spirit of what the most valuable player should be, it should be Jokic. Yeah, I agree. Jokic is a better player than Embiid. If you look at them and like, and you're watching basketball, I agree. But do you make your team better? And I think that if you put up uh, Ben Simmons and uh, Jamal Murray next to each other, I think they almost cancel each other out. And so I, I, I think I would take the better record overall. Wait. And I would I, I would easily take Joel and B. Wait, did you say I... that Ben Simmons <laughs> and Jamal Murray cancel each other out? They're kind of close. Yeah. Thanks, Joshua. I'm, bro- I think, I'm glad I brought you I up I think here. that Ben Simmons' defense makes him more consistent. Exactly. Well, I, would, I, would, I would take the defense of Ben Simmons over We're Jamal talk- Murray any day. We're talking about Bubble Murray all of a sudden. Y'all want to talk about Pandemic P? Well, guess what? You got Bubble Murray, and then all of a sudden, Jamal Murray isn't as good as we all thought he was. And, you know, I'm just saying, I don't this know. This is I, a I'm man just saying, who just carried, like, just averaged like 35 in the playoffs, and they went to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. It was it was the bubble. <laughs> it wasn't his, a true skill. I'm, his, I'm, his game translates so better. His his game translates better in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. Yeah. That's why. Who and I, I think, think Ben Simmons is the opposite yeah. of that. Agreed. Yeah. So that's if, true. if you if you went by playoff success, then if that's truly like your moniker, is does that mean Embiid and Jokic are kind of a wash for what they've done, or do you mm, think like Embiid that. is a I more like or or? Or is Embiid a more unguardable force in the playoffs? He just didn't have the pieces around him. But is he is he 
pieces dependent in Embiid, whereas Jokic is the point that no matter what's around him, things get going better. I think if I had to pick between what, what, what it is that you're saying, essentially, I would probably say that Embiid's success in the playoffs has been hindered by what has been around him. I think we can all agree about that, right? Is is that true? Is that true and fair? Can can I get a hit? Yeah, I would okay. agree with that. Yeah. So, so so in that sense, I think we can say that Jokic has had the benefit of having a more well-rounded team around him, right? Or at least one that doesn't hinder his success in the playoffs. In that right, sense, Mike Malone, I think you could, Mike Malone is a difference-making coach in the playoffs. That's something Embiid has. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see this year. We'll see this year with Doc Rivers. We will see this year with Doc Rivers. I don't know if Doc is uh, the guy blow to do a three-one lead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Doc's the guy to do it, but you know that, that's still Okay, if you had to pick between Jokic and Embiid for MVP right now, what is your reasoning for Jokic over a guy like Embiid right now? As as the standings My- stand, as the way their teams are playing, what, what would your what would your thing be? What would your argument be? My reason would be the the surrounding pieces around Jokic have been very inconsistent. Some of them have been out, like Michael Porter Jr. was out for, I don't know, six to eight games. And he has still carried them to above 500 record. And he's putting up incredible numbers, um, like 25, 27 points. You know, he was averaging about 12 assists. He's still around 12 rebounds. Um, so the fact to me that he's carrying that and he's initiating everything on offense, I don't think he's missed a game yet for them out of what they've started with. Um, and he's just the focal point of everything they do, where it kind of seems like to me that Embiid is just an unstoppable force, obviously. But if he were, everything was run through Joel Embiid, um, I think Joel Embiid is more dependent on what's around him instead of Jokic, who can take whatever's around him, even if it's inconsistent, and bring them up to another level. And I think that's what we've seen the past couple of years with the Nuggets. Um, every year, we've kind of expected them to regress, right? They've been a top three or four seed the past two seasons, at least. Um, I don't think farther than that. I think third season, they barely missed the playoffs or something like that. Uh, but we've expected them to regress, and they've only stayed there have gotten a little better. And I think that's purely the progression of Jokic. So that would be a lot of the reason why is because I think Jokic by himself elevates the team to a completely different level with his passing and his vision and his shooting, um, more so than Embiid, who I think is very pieces dependent because we've seen that from Embiid. Now, how that translates to playoff success the West is tough, you know, and you can make the point that the Nuggets could have potentially lost in the first round in Game 7 to the Jazz anyways, and this might have been all a mute point regardless. Um, and the 76ers were a Kawhi lucky bounce away from potentially making the Eastern Conference Finals. So it goes either way. Um, but if I were to choose, I would rather have Jokic. I don't know if that was too long-winded for everybody. Um <laughs> Or my thing froze. I don't know. Can everybody still hear me? Yeah, I fell asleep twice. I wasn't sure exactly what you were talking about. I think you said, I think you said Embiid is the best player right now in basketball. And I agree. I understand. 
Cody, I know you've been sitting there muted. Come on, throw me some two cents here. Don't be a silent partner. I mean, I'm not a silent partner. You guys are just talking about two guys that aren't going to win the MVP. So I just, like, I just don't think it. <laughs> there you go. Are you saying LeBron's winning? LeBron's are you saying winning LeBron's the MVP. Winning? I wouldn't mind LeBron being the oldest MVP of all time. That that doesn't bother me. I think I think I think it's set up the for LeBron to win because I feel like they like the media is going to really try to push for him, especially if the Lakers had the best record in yeah. the West. They're going to really try to push for him. But, honestly, I, I think maybe Jokic, me, uh, Jokic would be would be my MVP personally at this point. But I don't know if his team would win enough for it to matter. I mean, you're right. He's not going to win enough. But it doesn't necessarily matter though, because like if the if the same case that was made for Russell Westbrook is made for Jokic, then he can win the MVP just like that. What the triple double? So if yeah, the triple double, and if it's in the middle of the West, it doesn't necessarily matter if people latch onto the triple double again. Are we looking at a potential scenario where if Jokic did happen to average a triple double and MVP, and his team loses in the first round for some reason? Are we looking at a potential thing that we talk about with Westbrook? How um, everybody kind of thinks now it's an Ill- illegitimate MVP? Well, no. I mean, the MVP no. is a regular season award. Yeah. So, I mean, it's based on your regular season performance. Playoff yeah. performance doesn't necessarily matter. Jokic, yeah. if he wins the MVP, his MVP will already be more validated in a lot of people's mind than Giannis's over the past. Absolutely. Ooh, how so? Really? Because because Jokic is more proof that the MVP can go to someone who makes a difference in the playoffs versus someone like Giannis who completely wins it in the regular season. And I'll sit here and defend Giannis against anybody in the world. I love Giannis, but it is just clear he is the most dominant player in the NBA right now during the regular season. But unfortunately, when you play him back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the playoffs – you can exploit his weaknesses with a good coach and a good team. So he is the definition of just an absolute dominant force in the regular season who right now is not figuring it out in the playoffs. So Jokic already is a more validated MVP if he wins it. than um, It's funny you say that because that would mean that Giannis is the NBA player version of Mike Budenholzer. I've always said that, I've always said that the NFL version <laughs> of Giannis Antetokounmpo is Lamar Jack. <laughs> I think... I think Giannis is Shaq, and he needs he needs his Kobe. That's that's my. And take. Drew Holiday isn't that guy, or Chris Middleton isn't that guy? No, no. He should have bring everything if, full If he circle. wanted to win championships, uh, he would have waited, went to free agency, and uh, played with Luca. That's oh. what I think. Okay. The man brings up a good point. The man brings up a good point. If if you know Luca and Giannis would be something that's probably one of the most unstoppable pick and rolls of all time if they actually were to execute it. Um, not, I, I mean, I think the, the situation with Giannis is that you, do you trust his number twos? Like, I think Ryan just mentioned it. Like, do you trust Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to be that, that second guy for you in the playoffs? Chris has showed it in other series, hasn't showed it in other series. It's been a complete mishap in other series. Drew Holiday has had that one good playoff series that we all remember where he shut down Damian Lillard and made him look like DJ Augustine. But that's the only thing that we've seen from Drew Holiday in the playoffs. Otherwise, yeah. it's just been you know nothing. So, do yeah. we trust those guys? I don't know. I think I think they're solid threes. Like both of them are solid threes. I don't know if 
they can elevate. I don't know if Giannis can elevate them. Like Bobby, like if Bam. like if that was like prime LeBron or something, you know. Then of course I think there will be you know somewhat somewhat like you know probably the favorites to get out the get out the East, but you know that's just not the case. I don't think Giannis is quite that quite like that. So I know we've gone down this huge rabbit hole, but I'm enjoying myself too much. So <laughs> I'm going to uh, propose another question here. I'm sure Eric in the uh, audience is. Um, not very happy right now, probably about to leave, but um, if Giannis back-to-back MVP and is not a clear number one on a championship team, is that why, Sean, to you, you believe that Jokic is a more legitimate MVP winner because of that? Like, do you project Jokic as a number one on a championship-level team? I do, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I think that he has enough playmaking ability along with his shooting to where if I don't necessarily – they're going to have to either make a trade for Beal or MPJ is going to have to take the next step up to truly be a title contender. But, yes, I do think Denver can win a title with Jokic being the player that he is because of his shooting and because of his playmaking. He's just so good at elevating the entire offense, whereas Giannis – he is a very dominant self-creator with his dribbling and getting to the rim. He's not really a creator, and he doesn't have that outside shot. Um, but, you know, there, there's a reason why every single year it seems like that, you know, four or five of the top eight centers in the league that shoot the most threes are in those playoff runs. You've As a center, you've got to be a dominant passer, defender, three-point shooter. You've got to have at least two of those three things. If you're a number one or two and a pure championship contender, Jokic can be the number one on this. Interesting. Daniel, Cody, do y'all have anything to add to that? Sitting over there quietly, I'm sure Daniel might be already passed out drunk. But <laughs> uh, Listen, no, it, it, it's a Thursday, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> no hotel means. chains to sell tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, no, you no travel right your now. your GameStop? You gotta offload your GameStop stock. <laughs> Listen, it's my dog's coin or whatever it's called. I just bought. <laughs> I just bought seven hundred shares. I don't know what that means. But I bought them. Yeah, I don't think it's dog coin, coins. but sure. It's Doge coin. <laughs> whatever. Douche, Doge, Douche, Doge whatever. coin. I mean, Douche, douche coin. <laughs> douche coin. You got it. Uh, no, I just think if you're talking a lot about. Uh, Jokic and I haven't heard the Embiid name and so I just kind of just fell asleep for a second I was just waiting for y'all to talk about the real MVP and so as Marshall Mathers said will the real Embiid please stand up and I'm just waiting for someone I need some help anybody down there I'm looking at you Travis or Max well I need some help up here defending my Embiid (laughs) because I feel like they're going to win the championship this year for the 76ers and I hate Doc Rivers you got him. one hell of an ally in S. S knows his stuff very, very well, and he's backing Embiid. Yeah, I do think Embiid's going to win it if it goes at this course. I mean, uh, the LeBron narrative is obviously going to be the main thing that's going to bite him in the back. If if LeBron wins the West, and and you know, obviously he's putting up ridiculous numbers, th- there's always the possibility he's going to win it, and especially the whole oldest MVP narrative. They are going to run with that. But in terms of most deserving, I think right now Embiid is absolutely most deserving. And and Jokic is definitely right behind him. I don't disagree with that because 
I love Nikola Jokic. I don't want to seem like a Nikola Jokic hater. He's like this generation's Larry Bird in terms of what he can do on a basketball court. That's a hot take for another day, ladies and gentlemen. But um, I I think in general, it's just what Embiid is doing right now, especially with who he has around him. This is the best chance for the Sixers to win the title. I I don't know what else to tell you guys. I think that's that's what what's going to happen. It's it's either yeah, the like Sixers. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, like he's around Scrubs or something. I mean, he has some talent on the team. Well, no, he's not. But the fact the fact is, is the Seventy Sixers have looked horrible. Like year in year out, they have not played up their potential. And Gee, I know they were in the. Final, the conference final. They have not made a conference final. No, have not. Yeah, they have not. You were drinking that year. It was a weird year. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And I'm glad you stopped. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if it's Brett Brown to Doc Rivers. I don't know if this should change. I think in the end, it's surrounding your team with shooters that you need it. And I think that's what Daryl Morey should win the executive of the year. And because he surrounded him with players that are not great, but they're good. And Tobias Harris is now potentially like positioning himself to be an all-star. Like that is crazy. (laughs) One year that he is horrible, not good. And now he's potentially going to be an all-star this year in the East because they're the number one team in the East. Like that's just the difference of putting the right pieces around, you know, in your team. And now, you know, everybody is benefiting from it. So that's Daryl Morey in a nutshell. Sean, please, well, please, I, please. Tell me. <laughs> Sean, please tell me how Tatum is this generation. <laughs> yeah, well, and their games may be a bit different. I know that Bird had the passing ability and things such as that, but when it comes to him being this generation's Bird, I don't know if you're ever going to sit here and hear to see Tatum be purely the top overall player in the league. Yet with uh, with Giannis and and um, Luca and others, um, I, but it, you know, kind of like in the '80s, it was between Magic and, and Jordan, you know, being the best player. And I think it, that Bird was always that number three. I think Tatum is that too, and also the fact that you know he's got the outside jumper, which is a big part of his game. Just how good he is at hitting that outside jumper, I think that he's this generation's Bird. Whereas Luca probably emerges not on the level of LeBron, Kobe, or, or, or Jordan. But he is this generation's premier talent. Luca is the future face. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> I know we could go down probably a, another rabbit hole for another hour or so, but we should probably wrap up this episode <laughs> for now. Um, there's there's so many questions that I I want to add to this, but um, everyone will have to come back next Thursday at 7 PM. We're going to be right back. This only happened at nine because I had a game to coach tonight that was rescheduled. So, um, we should be back next Thursday at seven. We'd love to have everybody back. Um, we are the free basketball podcast. We are, we are on Twitter at free basketball three. I am at RD Meadows 11. If you want to follow Daniel, where can people find you at? I'm at Daniel Greer, nothing special. Uh, but I did have Sean on last week on the podcast. Uh, not sure who we're doing this week, but I think it's a. Uh, I think we're going to have the guy from the Grizz lead, uh, and so potentially part of the lead sports media. But I don't know if I can throw this back to y'all before we hit Cody real quick. Is there anything we need to talk about next week that might fire some people up? Because tonight was a hell of a fun. 
Uh, I don't even know if that's a real word or a phrase, but hell of anything a fun? we need to talk about next week. Hell, hell of a lot fun? of fun. Hell, hell of a Did lot. Did you of buy fun? that with yeah. your dog coin? Did I bought you a that with your dog coin. I okay. bought a he bought it. He got the off-brand hooked on Phonics with his dog coin. <laughs> hey, <laughs> when y'all call this free basketball, does does it mean free advice? Because if that's the case, just a bit of free advice, and you don't have to pay me in Bitcoin, Dogecoin, you know, whatever type of coin you have. Just a piece of free advice. Do next week's show without Daniel. I've been saying that for Wow. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm still no, free basketball was uh was just um when me and Cody started this a couple of years ago, it was just our overtime. you know, when it goes into overtime, everybody says it's free basketball. So whenever we see a team, you know, post that on Twitter, I always quote tweet it, you know. <laughs> hey, we're getting a shout out from every NBA team. It's free publicity. I can't yep. you know, it's perfect. I, I, I would just like everybody to understand I, I love Daniel to death. I just that that's just me and him. We always <laughs> Well, you're the only one then, but we appreciate you, Sean, um, at least trying <laughs> to put the front that you're liking. Uh, but, Cody. This was fun, folks. Final this was thing. fun. Cody, where can people find you at? Uh, it's Cody underscore Halsey at um, – it's just on Twitter. Um, that's where you find it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick. Gotcha. Um, S. S. Fonger. I, I'm probably butchering that. Dude. It was, it, it was honestly, I've never seen you on here. Uh, you and Josh Warren, I've never, never seen you on here. It was a blast uh, having you on here. Thank you for hanging out. Sean, as always, thank you for hanging out. It was a, it was Dude, a good time. I, I don't, Josh, it's just because we have not interacted that much, but S is, is one of the best basketball minds on here. His post-game musical efforts need a <laughs> lot of work, a ton of work. But in terms oh, of being one of the best basketball minds on here, that that's... Sean, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you as always. But I will have to I will have to discuss this whole Tate and Larry Bird thing with you at a later time, in a later place. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I'm just, I just gotta talk. I, I gotta talk it out with you. I gotta, I gotta, Sound, I sounds. Hey, sounds like another locker room uh, locker room opportunity. <laughs> Except this time it's called cover basketball. <laughs> We're charging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thanks everyone for coming up on stage. We'll be back next Thursday at seven. We like to, this is the way we like to have everything. So we like to talk with everyone and discuss. We think it's a lot more fun. So thanks for everybody tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of weekend of NBA basketball. See you guys. Have a good Later. It's nice talking to everybody. All right.